If you were to lose your job today, would you have the courage to move forward? In 2011, Steve Goebel found himself in that exact situation. In this episode, you will hear about how Steve overcame some of his challenges when starting out, how COVID impacted his business with a loss of 40% in revenue, and how he is actually moving forward now. So you guys, let's jump into this episode. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Forging Life Podcast. I am the host, Trey Ryder, and the Forging Life Podcast is about hardships, parenting, entrepreneurship, and the struggles that we deal with every single day. We will have many interviews with special guests, and you can actually see some of these interviews on YouTube, and you can even join the discussion by heading over to Facebook and typing up Forging Life Podcast and join our page. You guys, thank you so much for coming in, and I hope you enjoy season number two of the Forging Life Podcast. Before we jump into today's episode on the Forging Life Podcast, I want to give a shout out to today's sponsor, Kenny Page at K Page Productions, who has helped recreate the Forging Life logo, and he actually is offering our listeners 10% discount to create or recreate your logo, business cards, and so much uh, many different other offers out there. Uh, you can get a clothing line, tags, and a few other things there too. So make sure, head over to uh, Kennedy Page, uh, who his information is in the show notes. Take advantage of the 10% discount and make sure you get yourself looking nice and professional. So thank you, Kennedy. And now let's jump into today's episode. Everybody good? Are you sure? Okay. <laughs> All right. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Forge of Life podcast. I am your host, Trey Ryder, and today I have a special guest with me. And I say a special guest because he's a longtime friend of mine. Even though we don't actually hang out every single day, uh, we've actually been supporting one another for probably upwards of three to four years now. Yeah. And I I first met Steve Goebel, uh, who is actually a John Maxwell uh, founding partner. And to introduce a little bit more, I know he didn't bring all this up for me to say, but he's actually an author and a kick-ass dad. And he actually builds people and solves problems. So if most of you are listening to this, you're probably in the personal development range right now. And you probably know John Maxwell is a big time um, leadership coach. So first and foremost, welcome, Steve. <laughs> Trey, thanks for having me, buddy. Great to see you again. It uh, has been too, it has been far too long, but uh, love uh, supporting you, my friend, and love seeing the growth over the years. Uh, of what you're doing with the Forging Life uh, podcast and the other adventures you're building with Forging Life. Love to see that, my friend. Thank you so much, Steve. So what has been going on? It, you know, during our first encounters, it was actually during a networking group. And this networking group was something when I was actually in solar sales, I was part of this group and learning a lot about just generalized networking. And lo and behold, here comes Steve walking through the doors like he owns the place <laughs> and just, you know, a, an all around great guy, easy to talk to. And one of the things that he did during one of these these meetings was he gave me a book. And I don't know if you remember this, Steve, but it was the a John Maxwell book and it was the 21 uh, Irrefutable Laws of Leadership. And I still have that to this day. Have you and read it though? Have you read it I or have. is it a, okay, good. And it, it's actually in my car in, in my backpack because I, I do like to reference it. So among many of the other books that I actually have. So um, <laughs> for those of you that are listening to this on the podcast, I'm looking at Steve right now and he's sitting in literally like a library of 600 books. So, <laughs> but uh, so walk us through, you're, you're a kick-ass dad, you're uh, a founding partner of John Maxwell. I would love to hear a little bit about that. So if you can start out about one, who you are, what you do, and how you became a founding partner. Well, the, the story of how I became founding partner, um, 
you know, it starts with, with, with fatherhood, really. Um, my daughter was 12 days old in 2010 when I lost my job. Uh, this is late 2010 when the, the economy was not doing great. And technically, the recession was over from a governmental definition of recession. It was over, but uh, us small people were still feeling it quite a bit. Um, so the fall of 2010, I spent the last six weeks of it after my daughter was born, learning how to be a dad uh, while obviously being a husband, wife. Uh, it, we, you know, we, we wanted her to be a stay-at-home mom. And so we spent the last six weeks. She was, uh, she's a nationally recognized watercolor artist. So we had an art business going on. We were shutting that down. She had a few projects to finish up. So the last few weeks of 2010 was just learning how to be a dad and a husband while uh, licking my own wounds from losing my job. Um, January 2nd, 2011, I started the traditional, you know, route of, of trying to get back on my feet with a resume, talking with people. And again, the economy is not that great. And the only serious opportunities I was finding um, were in the Philly and the Harrisburg areas. Uh, and, you know, I, I live in Lancaster County, Pennsylvania. So kind of in the middle between both. I didn't want to commute that far with the newborn. Uh, it just doesn't, wasn't something I was willing to do, even for the money that was being, you know, you know, offered a little bit. And the opportunity to partner with John Maxwell popped up uh, in February of 2011 to be a founding partner of the John Maxwell team. And I always knew I wanted by my, uh, I wanted by my own boss eventually. Uh, I did not plan for it to go out this way to build that up, but uh, you know, I, I recognized the opportunity and took a risk. And, you know, one thing I teach, teach clients and, and talk with individuals, if you're not willing to bet on yourself, why should somebody else? So um, yeah, the, the opportunity to part with John popped up in February uh, and became official in March, 2011 as a founding partner of the John Maxwell team. And all that means is I, I, I recognize an opportunity and took a risk. Um, you know, I, and as a John Maxwell coach, I have access to, uh, some exclusive content that John's been made available to John Maxwell coaches to add value and empower others and to build people up through confidence, through uh, their communication skills, their leadership skills, their attitudes. And that all ties in professionally, but also personally at home as a father. Um, I grew up as a single parent kid and I swore I'd never get married and I swore I'd never have kids. And clearly those things have both changed for me. So, and uh, my wife and I will celebrate uh, 15 years of marriage later this year. Uh, daughter is 10 and our son just turned seven a month ago. So um, that's, you know, that, that, that's the last 10 years in a very brief nutshell of uh, starting the, the, the global group and being a founding part of the John Maxwell team and fatherhood. You know, maybe that's why we click so much because we got a <laughs> lot in common. And I say that because, you know, being a father and you know a husband I think uh, my wife and I were going to be 16 years of marriage this year and it all starts with our, our mindsets <laughs> just like a business as well um, which I do want to get into um, when going from not seeing yourself having you know the the kids and family and picket fence and how did you start wrapping your mind around that? Were you in denial or were you fully accepting of uh, the challenges that were ahead when you found out that you were going to be having your first child? Um, no, I was, I was definitely scared. You know, I'm, I'm a person of faith. I'm going to talk about a faith a little bit because, you know, as a person of faith for me personally, I've only heard from God twice in my life. Now others have heard, you know, other from God other times, but both times I remember exactly where I was and because the conversation um, was, was about, okay, you're having kids. Uh, I was at a men's faith retreat in Harrisburg as a volunteer uh, and my wife wanted kids. I knew she did. She knew I didn't want kids and um, you know, we still got married and uh, we had that conversation before we got married, but you know um, uh, my feelings evolved. And I was, I was at this retreat in Harrisburg and I, I, I heard from God say, Hey, you need to do this for me. You need to do this for your wife, for the family. And I'm, I was petrified. 
Um, like, okay, I don't know what I'm doing, but I remember clearly hearing that this was this is the next step for us. Um, and, and okay, so, yeah, we have a you know baby girl. A year and a half goes by, two years goes by, and I knew my wife wanted more than one kid. I'm like, you know what? I'm good. We're done. You know, we're one, and we're okay. I like it, and especially after experiencing that 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 rough transition. You know, she's 12 years old. I lose my job. I launch a business, um, and you know the the business started off decently, um, but you know a little bit of false sense of security. I still going through some. Okay, you, you can't raise two kids on on what you're making with the business early on. Um, but I went to a, a conference down near Atlanta, Georgia, um, and I, I drove down just because it was cheaper to drive than to fly by a plane ticket at the time. And on the way back, I went to, to Twelve Stone Church, uh, which is the, the the pastor at the time, Dan Ryland. Uh, he was uh, he he, he was uh, uh, an associate pastor under John at one of John's churches. Cause John Maxwell used to be a pastor and I'm like, you know, 12 stoners, you know, uh, kind of like LCBC up here in central PA, you know, it's, it's a, it's a couple different campuses. I'm like, I got to go see this 12 stone church. And in that service, um, was where I heard from God again saying, okay, time to have kid number two. And I, I'm like driving home alone from Atlanta, you know, that area back up to central PA. Like, how do I tell my wife this? You know, because she obviously knew the story of, you know, we, we talked about when we had the first child. Um, so that whole experience, you know, those are the only two times that I know I've heard from God. So despite the challenges of fatherhood, despite the fears and worries that dads go through and moms go through too, I'm sure. But, uh, you know, you're a dad, I'm a dad. We're talking about dads right now. So, you know, despite all that, as it relates to fatherhood, you know, falling back on my faith, especially with those two instances has made it easier um you know because I, I love my kids very much but fatherhood is not easy fatherhood and marriage combined is not easy and then you throw in fatherhood marriage and entrepreneurship is 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 not easy so doing all that together uh has definitely been an, a, an experience and a wild ride but um you know i, I wouldn't trade it you know I, I really wouldn't so uh i'd be lying if i said it was easy though <laughs> I appreciate the, you know that that deeper insight, and I did actually write down a few questions uh, in regards to it. And before I kind of jump into that, for those of you that are listening right now, you more than likely you know some of my backstory, and that's you know prior military, that's being a father of five, uh, being an entrepreneur, setting up my coaching business, online courses, and. Uh, this podcast and i say that and it's like well why are you still working at the post office your, your nine to five job and the big picture is that you know tony robbins he talks about burning the the boats and you know the only option is to to move forward in full force and that doesn't mean you just drop everything either mm. and as my family has grown as i've been taking on these roles i have to also you know, make sure that my wife feels completely secure before I'm just doing nothing but entrepreneur. Um, yeah, and I'm, yeah, I'm going to jump in real quick. Man. If you're married, if you're in a relationship and you're an entrepreneur, whether your partner or spouse is, is, is officially in that business with you on, from a legal standpoint, they're with you emotionally. They're with you psychologically. So don't think just because you're an entrepreneur uh, or you're doing things on your own, you're, 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 you know, the legal aspect, you know, get, get the paperwork done. You need to get done to make it legal, but your spouse is with you on this entrepreneurial journey. You can't forget them. That's a great point, Trey. And well said and, or reframing or, but it, it is so important that you understand that we cannot just up and leave everything that's behind us. I, I know some people have, and it's worked out. And I've also known some people that have done it and it hasn't worked out. So I have to understand that she, she needs that sense of safety as well. My kids as well, they're all counting on me. And therefore that's why I do what I do to make sure that I'm building a safe foundation. Now with you and getting back into you, that's why I kind of 
spoke about me for a minute. You ended up not having a job and kind of at a loss trying to figure out what you were going to do mm-hmm. and be able to provide. And during that time frame, how were you emotionally like what were you thinking about during this this time frame with you and your wife? Um the the, the six weeks at the end of 2010, I, I was I, I was drained. I was licking my wounds hardcore. Um, you know, I, I was fired from my job. Um and, and you know, I was partly to blame for it. I was young, cocky, and I went into a situation with a new job where, you know, I'm like a bull in a china shop. It's just my personality. Um, I'm not from Lancaster County. Uh, and like you, I have a military background and the aspect that I was a military kid. I never served, but I have a greater understanding and a greater appreciation for those who have served because I spent time as a military kid. So I am much more open to change than, than most people are because of that military experience. Um, uh, this employer was not. <laughs> I, I, I made some recommendation. It was a family-owned business. And when you go up against a family, you're, you know, you're going to lose. And I was young, dumb, and wasn't really fully aware of that. I'm like, well, it doesn't make sense that you're losing $25,000 a month just because your brother-in-law is running the, 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 that, that part of the organization. Um, so, so that last six weeks of 2010, I was drained. I, w- I was, you know, uh, you know, babies don't sleep well at night. You got to get up, uh, take care of them and whatnot. Uh, I was more optimistic uh, in early 2011 because I'd spent time you know, even when I was working with other people, I spent time in the business community doing networking events. So I had a decent uh, network of folks locally. Um, but it, it really stepped up when I when I, when I, I made that investment on myself with the John Maxwell team, um, simply because I, I was able to get a, a coaching client pretty quick uh, once I decided to get back into it full time. Because before uh, I transitioned from a job to the job I lost, um, before that I, I started a coaching division within a company. Uh, so I went back to some of those clients that I had to give up when I went to this new job say, Hey, did you miss coaching? A couple of them said, yes. I'm like, okay, let's, I'm, I'm getting training on it now. I can do a better job. And so I, I got a couple of clients pretty quickly once I made that commitment. Um, but it was still scary because it, you know, it wasn't replacing the salary that I lost. It wasn't replacing the benefits that I lost. And I still have, you know, even March, April, May of 2011, you know, still have an infant in the house. Um, and we'd made the long-term commitment to my wife, uh, be a stay-at-home mom. And we stuck by that. Um, you know, I, I, I dare not say my wife doesn't work because my wife, my wife works harder than I do. <laughs> she just doesn't work and she just doesn't work outside of the house. So, um, but that's a commitment we made to, to figure that out. I, and I got to say, that was perfect timing. Cause as you that said was, that, <laughs> that was unplanned too. I swear it was unplanned. For, for those that are listening, as he said that here comes his wife smiling ear to ear as she walked by. <laughs> um, so yeah, so I don't dare say my work doesn't work. She works harder than I do, but, uh, you know, that, that fear was still there and, you know, my business turns 10 officially in March, um, and it's, it's, it's still scary, especially with the last year of, you know, what's been going on globally with the pandemic and COVID. And, uh, you know, I crunched my numbers for 2020. I lost, uh, I was down 40 plus percent for 2020 because of the volume of live events that I do and live in-person trainings that I do with, with corporate clients. Um, so that's, that's been interesting dealing with that over the last year. You know, I, I'd love to say, you know, we're at a point where, you know, fear goes away. Uh, but for me personally, I'd be lying. Uh, but I'm, I'm really bummed out. You know, I, I, I could honestly tell people that for, for nine straight years, my business grew at least 15% year over year for nine straight years, 2020 went and messed that up for me. And I'm not even to blame kind of bummed about that. Like, I, <laughs> I, know, I, can't, I can't say that anymore. You know, I can't say my business grew every year. My client's business grew last year. That's I'm proud of that. My client's business grew last year. But they honestly, do a lot of that's <laughs> that's the most important thing. When you have clients and you're actually helping them out, when they're continuing to grow because of direct reflection of what you have done, they're the ones that in turn bring the the referrals and say, look, you know, Steve is the person that can contribute to your business, to your success. And I say this from experience that. Uh, you weren't there for the two-day event that I had um, 
I think it was a year ago. And it was the fall of 2019. It was before everything happened. Yeah, it was (laughs) correct. And during that time, I had people that were in solar sales as well, vice presidents, and they took their company after that specific um, two day event. And they went from, I think it was $2 million to $19 million in a year. Mm-hmm. And it was, it, it, it's not because of me. It was just a, about the simple bits of information that they were able to then put into focus and reevaluate how they needed to shift the organization. So even though, like, I would love to say, yeah, you know, I, I helped them do, no, I provide the, the information. They're the you ones pro- that took the information and took action on what they needed to do. Yeah, but you provided the spark. And sometimes, you know, you planted that seed. Um, and, and there, you know, there's this old proverb, I don't know if it's a Chinese proverb or something, you know, what's the, you know, you, 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 something about you plant today's trees, knowing you won't be able to, to enjoy the, their shade or something like that. There's some, I mean, I just botched that entirely, but you know what I'm talking about? Um, you know, the, the, oh, oh, the best time to plant a tree was 20 years ago. The second best time is today. You know, so go plant seeds, go plant seeds everywhere, man. You don't always reap what you sow. um, But if you never sow, you never reap. And that's so true. Even after I got out of the solar business, um, you know, the the customers that I had. And I don't even call I hate calling people customers because a client is more, you know, understanding one another and truly helping each other out. So this client that I had, you know, I, I think I had been out of solar for like a year and she calls me up. Hey, I love how I've been doing everything. You know, the, just the production that I helped her through this whole process. And she was like, you know, I have um, this person, this person that would like to, to talk to you about solar. I said, you know, I'm sorry, I can hook you up with some other people, but you know, that's, but to have that happen a year from when I actually got done with mm-hmm. solar is just amazing. It's, it's the same great, thing it's a with great our feeling. clients. Yeah. yeah. Coaching clients are the same way. You know, I, I've had, you know, numerous ones. And last night I had another um, conversation about, hey, you know, this person uh, wants to actually get into to some coaching courses with you. And I was like, all right. So, um, you know, that went through that whole process. But the thing is, just like what you're saying, it's about planting the seeds and making sure that you care for the seeds. Because if you just plant it and you put it by a rock, it's probably not going to grow because it needs mm-hmm. to be able to do what it needs proper. Uh, anyways, so <laughs> to get into that, I'm getting way off course. So I'm going to steer this back in. And one of the things you talked about was the conference. So starting out, you know, doing these conferences, how did you even, you're out of a job. How did you come up with the, the money to be able to go through the process as a founder or to even get to your first conference? Um, oftentimes that's some of the hardest struggles people can even do is to put that investment in themselves. Well, you got to prioritize. Uh, one of the things my wife and I did when we got married is we decided not to get TV at the house for our first year of marriage, like no TV, not even the free stuff. You know, we have a, we have, we have a VCR. We've always had a VCR. We've always had an actual TV, but it's never been plugged into a cable box of any kind. And there's never been any you know, CBS or you know any of those major networks that would just watch and sit down. Because uh, we wanted to, that first year, we wanted to make a commitment to each other and uh, the marriage. And then after that year, we decided, you know, wait, we didn't miss much. <laughs> we really didn't. So I have not paid for TV for the last 15 years. Um, you think about what you're paying for TV right now. And if that could go away on a monthly basis, you know, think about the money you could save right there. Uh, not only dollars wise, but also the time investment you would get back. Um, you know, that was something we made an intentional decision about. Um, other times, you know, we, we just, you know, when, when you're an entrepreneur and you're starting out, you got to live poor. Uh, fortunately, being a single kid, I knew how to do that. You know, see, being the product of a single parent household, I knew how to live poor. I grew up poor. Um, and, it, you know, not saying it didn't suck and not saying it doesn't suck now sometimes, um, but you have to make those adjustments and get used to living uncomfortable sometimes, but you also have to hustle. Um, for the first year and a half of, of building the business, I focus on the business, but then as I realized, okay, started to grow a little bit slower, grow a little bit slower. 
I did some side hustles completely unrelated to what I was doing, you know, during the day, during the week. Um, because, you know, the electric bill, you know, they, they don't like potential. They like cash. Um, the mortgage, they don't like potential. They like cash. So you got to have these side hustles sometimes going on, even as you're building the business um, to make that commitment. If, 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 you're, if you're following what you believe you're supposed to be doing and you're committed to yourself, um, you'll figure out a way to make it work and you'll figure out a way to sacrifice some things that aren't as important as that future success. But you have to be willing to bet on yourself. You know, I, I, I opened the, the conversation, you know, and you've heard me say this before today. If you're not willing to bet on yourself, why should somebody else? And to so many people today want somebody else to bet on them, but they're not willing to step out in faith and take that risk on themselves. Well, and that, that's the same exact thing with people on, you know, investing in coaching and um, things of that nature, because a lot of times it's scary to take some of the last money you have and provide it to somebody else and not even knowing where it's going to go. Um, yeah. And, 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 you know, people talk about, you know, cause you know, I, I have clients as well, just like you do from coaching standpoint and getting them to, to, you know, make that investment themselves. You know, they talk about having a job, like, you know, you don't have a, you know, you know, you don't have that job security, job security is a myth, uh, especially in today's marketplace. Um, so if you're not taking that extra time and extra dollars and finding that extra time, and finding that extra dollar to invest in yourself, you're actually doing yourself a disservice because, you know, the, that, that, that job you have tomorrow, you could show up and it might not be there, you know, partly because something you did or probably something entirely out of your control. Um, but you always have yourself to invest in. Yeah, the big thing that what you're kind of speaking about, and I talked about this as well, a sense of security. But realistically, our sense of security is just a false sense. Um, I, I wanted to speak to you really quick about um, your your conferences and with you and what you do. You actually go into businesses right now and helping them to, to build the organizations. So going from being a, a spectator in the conference and in the audience to now being in these businesses as well as being on stages to run your own conferences. Can you explain to us what you do for businesses? Um, you know, a number of different things. I, I have a couple of executive coaching clients where I work with small business owners as an executive coach. And, you know, I have a passion for small business owners because they don't have the resources that say your corporate, conglomerations have your fortune 50 companies your fortune 500 companies um but they still have a need and they're the ones who are serving us in the community so with, with small coaching clients like that I, I love doing that um i go into larger companies and do some team workshops internally with with some of their teams um do team build team building exercises i run communication classes for them i run leadership classes for them because they you know they're they're much bigger than a smaller business per se but they may not have an internal professional development team. Um, so I can serve as that role for them. And I do coach, you know, some individuals in, in some larger companies uh, across the country, uh, some in person here in central PA, some remotely. Um, and then I run conferences live in person. Um, you know, last year was an interesting year for conferences. Um, but generally speaking, I run one in the spring. It's a faith-based conference and I run one in the fall in collaboration with the John Maxwell company called Live to Lead. And between those two conferences, I'll have anywhere from 400 to 1,000 people in the audience uh, for these conferences combined. And, you know, that's that's my lead generation for the next year and follow up. Um, and some of the exciting things about that, uh, you, you have to just have to take a risk. My, my very first year I did Live to Lead, I only had 250 people in the audience. Um, and, you know, when I tell people I only had 250 people, they're like, holy cow, that's a ton of people. I didn't know any better. I, you know, I had been going to these conferences where there's three, four, 5,000 people. And I'm a little, little fly trying to absorb everything. So I was kind of bummed that my little conference only got 250. Um, but the more I talk about it, I realize, okay, hey, 250 is not that bad. Uh, and it, it, it was a profitable conference for me, you know, just a little bit. But, you know, sometimes 
we think of profit solely of it related to dollars, but we really have to think about profit of what we've learned as well. And I've learned so much from that first conference. Um, I learned a few things not to do at a conference. Um, but, you know, that, that, that learning experience you get from trying new things and taking risks is, you know, far more valuable in some instances than the dollars. Now, again, I'm a capitalist. I like money. I'm not, you know, you make that money and it's important. But uh, the things you learn sometimes can be just as important, if not more important, from those mistakes. So that's, you know, the, 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 that's my business. I do, you know, leadership development, coaching and conferences. And uh, that's, that's what I love doing, building people and solving problems. You know, the big thing that what you were speaking about is in regards to you and running your own first conference is, you know, the failures. And the thing is, like, I look for failures. How did I fail today? Because those are the true learning moments in our life. Because when we reflect back, okay, this happened, how the heck can we make sure or prevent it from happening again and start building and mm -hmm. assessing to move forward? And the, the big failure, my very first conference, the big failure, we plugged, it was a simulcast. We plugged the laptop into a non-functioning outlet. And we didn't realize it until the laptop shuts off uh, during the middle of the conference because the battery was drained. We thought we plugged that into an outlet that was working. So uh, if you're ever doing a conference of any kind, if you're ever doing something where you need a laptop, make sure it is plugged into an outlet that functions. <laughs> I'm sitting here busting up laughing because I had two two things happen. One, I was sitting here, I was doing a, a live uh, webinar with people for goal setting and getting them set up. And sure enough, I had moved my, my laptop and the, the plug into the wall and I, I plugged it back into the back of the laptop and I completely forgot to go and plug it into the wall. <laughs> so here I am on this live webinar. I'm talking to everybody about like a quarter of the way through and all of a sudden my laptop just drops. I was like, oh my God. <laughs> so, you were not that, laughing when it happened, but I'm glad no. you're laughing about it now. <laughs> and that's the thing. But now what happens? I have a process. Make sure one, it's plugged into the into the computer. Make sure yes. it's plugged into the wall. You know, and then what was it last week when we did that um, forging life podcast uh, guest review where we had all the guests come in, and literally it was thir like thirty minutes before we were supposed to go live, and we sat down at the table. My laptop's at the table. And one of the kids moved something over and a drink spilled all over my laptop oh. and the laptop just completely went blank and just started going, beep, beep. <laughs> I was like, oh my God. So here I am. I'm supposed to go live. Now my laptop's completely trashed. And you know, the, the big thing is, you know, it's nobody's fault except for my own because I, I didn't move it. You know, um, mm -hmm. I could have prevented it, but I didn't. And you know, then it goes into how can I fix this? Well, guess what? Here I am running from my phone. You know, the great thing about today's day and age is our phones are a great opportunity to be able to run your businesses and keep in contact. You do Zoom calls or webinar. It's all there if you know how to harness it. It's, it's amazing what technology can do. And it's amazing to realize how expensive some mistakes are versus others. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> So on a good note, my laptop is back up and running. Um, good. It apparently, it wasn't too bad. I waited a few days and it was able to reboot, which is a good thing because I use that to be able to to actually edit all the <laughs> podcast episodes and you know. So a lot of things are on here. But um, thank you so much for sharing that. And one of the things that I did also want to ask you is you talked about taking a little bit of a hit on you know 2020 because of covid <clears throat> and a lot of businesses aren't as fortunate they take a big hit and they don't know how necessarily to be able to pivot or they can't see a different way to overcome certain situations and those companies that were able to pivot have profited tremendously mm -hmm. And there, and there's a lot of companies out there that shut down because they couldn't figure out or just could not pivot with you. You talked about your, your business going down. Um, uh, the, 
the percentage is escaping me right now, but regardless, 40, 40 plus, so 40 plus 40, percent. Okay. 40%. So what are ways that you have had to pivot because of our current situation with the, the COVID lockdowns, things of that nature? Uh, well, I had to get, I had to get comfortable with technology. Um, you know, that, that was one of the, the, the biggest pivots that I had to make, you know, I invested in a, a new camera to try to make me look pretty. I don't know how good of a job the camera's doing on it or not. Uh, I got a new mic uh, that, you know, a little bit more higher professional grade versus just relying on the computer uh, mic that, that came with the laptop. Um, but you've also had to take some risks. You know, one of the specific ways um, I, I've pivoted that uh, hasn't paid off quite yet, but I fully expect it to, you know, in 2021 is, you know, I, I launched a podcast with a buddy of mine as well called A Dram of Leadership, where we do book reviews and talk about leadership while we enjoy a good pint of beer or a dram of whiskey. Um, hence the name of Dram of Leadership. Um, so that's one of the ways that I've had to pivot is, you know, again, that, that, that getting comfortable with technology, doing stuff like this, because I'm an in-person type of guy. You know me. You know this about me, Trey. I mean, I'm an in-person type of guy. I love getting together, you know, around a good drink, around a good campfire conversation. And this is so different from that in a lot of different ways. Um, uh, and then just, you know, riding the waves, you know, having a plan in place. Um, uh, my, my, the coaching side of my business picked up a little bit. I was a little bit more aggressive with that than I traditionally have been in the past because I'm very selective about who I work with. Um, but that helped to compensate some of the, the live event aspects. Um, and, uh, you know, one, uh, uh, one other thing I'm still building and, and hope to launch here in the next you know, month or two is a uh, membership site around uh, deeper, uh, a deeper book review, different than the Dramble Leadership Podcast, but going into deeper, providing book summaries, providing author interviews, um, and something, you know, I, I'm working on behind the scenes to build up a little bit of catalog and before I launch it. But that's something, you know, I have no idea if it's going to work or not. Um, but I'm a, I'm a voracious reader, as you know. And if I can get people to pay me to read, I'm going to try to get people to pay me to read. And something I love to do. And, uh, you know, most people out there want to read more. They don't, they don't invest the time. And, well, if you, go, if you want to invest a small amount of money uh, every month, I'm going to give you at least two new books a month to, to summarize and some insights and some videos about those books and how to apply them. Um, so we'll, we'll see, we'll see if that works out, but, uh, sometimes you have to pivot and, and, and try things and not everything you try is going to work out, but you still have to pivot and, and see what's going to work. And, um, you know, talking with my clients, especially, uh, I, I do a lot with, uh, the, uh, the, uh, auto, auto, auto meal, bye-bye. automotive, auto, the car industry. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I do a lot with, uh, you know, collision shops and talking about this whole work from home aspect uh, with people on lockdown, uh, you know, obviously less accidents, less cars on the road, transits to less accidents. And, you know, thankfully, my guys last year, they, they all they, they all, you know, you know, went up in, in, in sales still. But it's something that we have to address moving forward because most big companies you know, they're not going to send their people back to the office, um, if, especially if they have commercial real estate that they don't have to pay for anymore. So it is, you know, it's, there's still a lot of fluidity to it um, from that aspect, but you have to be able to pivot and see what's going to work and not be afraid to, to fail along the way sometimes because, um, you know, we, we all make mistakes. So you got to try some new things, though. Thanks for your insight, Steve. I, I wanted to <laughs> ask you, um, one of the things you haven't mentioned this whole time is, and I did at the very beginning, is that you're an author. And tell us about this book that you were a part of. Um, yeah, is uh, the the book is called Discovering Your Team's Potential, and I was a collaborative effort with about twenty. Uh, I'm a certified human behavior consultant, uh, which means I'm you know I'm certified on the DISC behavioral method with a couple organizations, and uh, we got together as a collaborative effort. Uh, and I, I have one chapter in it, um, the opportunity to partner with, a, with some, some good friends and then some other uh, associates uh, was just too good to pass up. And my chapter uh, is in, in, in the book is understanding to, uh, tomorrow's leaders today. 
And I talk about the five L's of leadership in that. And it's just, you know, leadership is one of those topics and one of those words that gets thrown around a lot and everybody has their own definition of leadership. Um, and so many people think that because you have a title, you're a leader. And that is so far from the truth. Um, you know, but we have a leadership deficit in our country. You look at the political system, you look at the education system, you look at some businesses out there um, and leadership is, 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 is lacking in a lot of different areas, whether you're politically right, whether you're politically left, whether you're big business, small business, whatever it is. Um, so I was really proud of that just to be able to say, you know, to it, it's always been a goal or a dream to be involved in that. And I have some other book ideas, but uh, that's a long-term play to, uh, to do my own book. And right now just, uh, you know, focus on being a dad and business owner, but uh, discovering your team's potential. You can buy it on Amazon if you want, or if you, you know, Trey will put a link somewhere to get a hold of me. I have a few copies. If you, uh, the, the first five people, five, first five people shoot me an email after this or whatever, I'll send you a copy for free. And I'll leave an autograph for you. Not that it'll be worth anything, but hey, I'll autograph it for you. <laughs> <laughs> and so you said to shoot you an email. So what's your email that they could reach out to you? It is Steve book? at thegobelgroup.com. T-H-E-G-O-B-L-E group.com. So, and you can link that up and you have that email, buddy. Yep, um, but definitely. yeah, the first five people to email me from the Forging Life podcast listeners, I'll send you a go. I'll, I'll pay for shipping too. You just got to send me an email say, hey, I want a book and give me awesome. your address. I'll pay for shipping awesome. too. I, I was surprised because I don't even have that one yet. So, what? um No, I don't. <laughs> well, but, yeah, send, send me your address after this. I'll get one in the mail to you tomorrow. <laughs> awesome. Um, if you're looking to do another collaborative, there's a friend of mine, uh, Kyle Wilson. I'm sure you know of him. Uh, Jim Rohn. He is actually the marketer for Jim Rohn. He is okay. the one that took Jim Rohn from 20 speaking engagements to over 100 speaking engagements in a year. Okay, he that's took Jim Rohn from name. being nonprofit. So Jim Rohn was doing all this stuff and was barely making a profit. Kyle Wilson came in, uh, made a, a deal he couldn't refuse and literally blew up Jim Rohn's um, business. And now we're thankful that he did because we know Jim Rohn. Oh, Jim Rohn is awesome. Today. Jim Rohn so, is, is, is amazing. If you don't know who yeah, Jim Rohn so, is, go, go Google Jim Rohn and listen, learn. Yeah, exactly. So if you're looking at doing another collaborative, he's uh, in the process of doing something I can talk to you offline if that's something you're interested in so um before we jump off of here is there one piece of wisdom maybe two um that you would like to leave with the the listeners before we jump off uh two things first i want to repeat what i've said multiple times through this if you're not willing to bet on yourself why should somebody else now you have to decide for yourself what that means whether it's financial whether it's time you know whatever that looks like for you you have to be willing to make that initial investment and bet on yourself first. Because if you don't believe in yourself, nobody's going to believe in yourself. And the second part to that is be intentional. Um, don't just wish or wait or hope for things to happen. Hope is not a strategy. Um, you know, we go through life, you know, we get beat up sometimes. We get put through the fire. And I love, you know, you know the, the, the concept behind forging life that you shared with me earlier, Trey, you know, about going through the fire and getting beat up, getting put back into the fire and then molded in a way you have to do that to yourself intentionally or someone else is going to do that to you for their benefit, not yours. So if you're not willing about it yourself, why should anybody else and be intentional about when you bet on yourself. So you're not building somebody else's dream, build your own. Whoo, I love it. And if you're not going to build your own, like you said, you're going to be building somebody else's dream. So the, yeah. the thing is, do you want to live in Groundhog's Day over and over again like you are currently? And if you're happy with where you're at, maybe you are. I'm not saying that you shouldn't go be an or you should go be an entrepreneur because there's a lot of people out there that enjoy what they're doing. Absolutely. That process. And that's perfectly fine. But if you find yourself living in Groundhog's Day where you're just not happy and it's just another day um yeah i love tony robbins his uh kind of analogy you know we live our life in a box you know we 
you know, our house being a box, um, our car, we drive to work is, is essentially a box. We get to our, our box job and <laughs> then we come, you know, we, we go to the, the refrigerator to have our lunch, which is a box lunch. And, you know, <laughs> finally get home, you turn on the box TV. And yeah. the thing is, it's about getting outside of the box, thinking outside of the box and it, expanding your mindset to, to get out and do something different. And when you're living your life in that box, that's where you start living the life in Groundhog's Day, where it's just the same thing repeated over and over and over again, and you're not getting anywhere spinning your wheels. Steve, I thank you so much for all your time. Uh, For you guys, uh, we talked about your email. Is there anywhere else uh, that they can go in regards to following up with you? And number two, can you explain about your event that will be coming up in April? Sure. Uh, you know, my website is the global group.com. Uh, I don't have a website. Like a lot of people have a website. It's kind of, you know, skimpy, uh, silly by design. Uh, but also I don't, I don't put a lot of time into it because it's, it's not the best way for me to serve people, but you can go to the global group.com, find my phone number, find my email. Uh, and the only social media site I'm, I'm, I'm active on a lot is LinkedIn. Um, social media is, I have, I have a love hate relationship with social media overall, seeing what it's done to people and, and, and the divisiveness that exists, you know, on some of the major players. Uh, but LinkedIn, you can find me, uh, Steve Goble. I'm in Central PA. Um, you can see this is my, my profile. Um, and then my event that I have in, in, in April, um, you know, I mentioned earlier, I'm a person of faith and my spring event is a live event. I have speakers flying in, uh, one from Coca-Cola, one coming up from Delaware. Um, uh, but uh, it, uh, the event is called, uh, modeling leadership through faith, family, and business. Uh, it's the kingdom focus summit, uh, modeling leadership through faith, family, and business. And, um, I'm excited for all the speakers. Um, but, uh, this was an event that was supposed to happen in 2020. It got pushed back a whole year. Um, I'm, I'm really super excited to have this author. I'm going to put the camp book up by the camera here, managing leadership anxiety, yours and theirs, uh, by pastor Steve Cuss. Uh, he'll be here live in person. You know, leadership brings about a lot of anxiety. 2020 was a year filled with anxiety for everybody in various capacities. So that event takes place on Thursday, April 22nd at the Junction Center, which is a well-known uh, venue here in central Pennsylvania. Uh, look it up, the Kingdom Focus Summit, modeling leadership through faith, family, and business. Again, uh, Pastor Steve Cust, author of Managing Leadership Anxiety. Uh, I have a gentleman from Coca-Cola coming in. I have a small local business, Steve, uh, Steve Wogamuth from YDOP, uh, will be a guest speaker and uh, a TEDx speaker. My friend Soraya from Delaware will be coming up. So it's a great morning event, live in person. Um, you know, we need that community aspect. We need that live touchy-feely stuff going on. So uh, kingdomfocussummit.com for that event. Tickets available uh, as an individuals or you get a discount if you bring a table of people. Awesome, Steve. Thank you so much. And are the tickets available right now? Yeah, tickets available right now. You go to the website, kingdomfocussummit.com and you can get tickets there. They're 99 bucks for an individual. Uh, a table of eight is 599. So if you're a small awesome. business owner, uh, bring some of your team or if you're a member of a church leadership, bring your church leadership team. Or if you're just somebody who, you know, whether you're a person of faith or not, uh, you're, you're welcome to come. It's, it's not a, a shove your, you know, shove our faith down your throat kind of event. But we're going to, you know, just, you know, full disclosure, we'll be talking about God and the, the benefits of being a faithful person as we believe it and helping us deal with our anxiety through our faith. Outstanding. Thank you so much for that. And one of the things I'll, I'll offer to you is once, I've actually recorded a podcast with somebody. I, I open up my gate to the Facebook community for the Forging Life podcast. If you so desire, if you like to go in there and do a post or do a live video and say, hey, just got done uh, with an episode. I look forward to it, however you want to word it or if you want to do that. But, you know, I try to honestly help all of my guests that are out there because at the end of the day, it's about all of us helping each other and growing together. Absolutely. And I appreciate who would I be to not help you out? And maybe there's some people there that it resonates with that they would love to be there. 
And that's why I always say if, if you were to invite five people to that Facebook group and one of my other speakers, uh, they invite five people, that's what makes it so diverse. We have all these diversified individuals that are there for one main purpose to support mm -hmm. and ultimately learn and grow. So, and, and nobody ever accomplishes anything great on their own. We absolutely. all need that collaborative effort and that teamwork. Um, and, and we get that, you know, you understand that I understand that. And it's, it's important to take that initiative again, be intentional about sharing things that you find valuable. So I, I appreciate that opportunity to, to, to jump into your group and, you know, we'll make sure we get that, you know, the Forge and Life podcast growing as well. And, uh, you know, once, uh, you know, once this goes live, we'll share it with my, my audience and introduce them to you that way. Awesome. That'd be outstanding. And the, I always ask everybody formally on the recording, just because it's that much better. Uh, we talked about the, the monthly wrap up um, at the end of the month. When the episode airs, would you be willing to come out and talk to any of the audience, answer any questions, or even just randomly talk to the other people on stage? With 100%. I'm on board already. Awesome. All right, Steve. And everybody, thank you so much for tuning in. Make sure you go check out Steve Goble and uh, follow the Goebel group and make sure you check out the book email Steve at Steve S-T-E-V-E at go, the Goebel the Goebel group you gotta add the T-H-E the Goebel group otherwise I'm not getting that email so Goebel G-O-B-L-E it's yes. not gobble it's not two B's <laughs> it will get kicked back so make sure it's Steve at the Goebel group dot com yep alright Steve Thank you so much for being here, my friend. Great seeing you, buddy. I appreciate the opportunity. And uh, we got to get together soon in person. Absolutely. And as always, everybody, make sure you make the rest of your day the best of your day. Thank you for taking the time and listening to this podcast. If you're enjoying the Forging Life podcast, I ask you this. Take a moment and head over and rate this podcast. If you're listening to it on iTunes, Spotify, or whatever platform you enjoy the most, please just take a moment so that way it will help get this episode or episodes into the ears of somebody else. And if you would like to join the discussion, make sure you head over to the Facebook page, Forging Life Podcast, and join us there.